just so tired, just physically and emotionally exhausted, you know? I just, it's just tough. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love my job, I love what I do, but some days I just gotta wonder, what's it all about? Am I even good at this? I just see all these Pinterest perfect moms, you know, and they're making these chocolate chip smiley face pancakes for breakfast and, and all these healthy and organic lunches and those cute little bento boxes. And don't even get me started on the birthday parties. Who can even keep up? I just want to, I just want to block it all out, you know, and just focus on what God says about raising kids. But then you have all the mommy blogs and then all the pediatrician's advice and then my mom and his mom and my head is flooded with voices telling me a hundred different ways to do things and none of them are the same. And it's enough to make you lose your mind. I hear what you're saying, Mom, and I want you to know that your feelings are valid. I'm hearing some feelings of self-doubt and a general lack of confidence. But when it comes down to it, I'm a good kid. You're a good mom. Chances are, I probably won't be a criminal or a deadbeat because we eat peanut butter and jelly most days for lunch with a chicken nugget every now and then. Light it up! Kids have been surviving for hundreds of years. You're right. You are so right. I shouldn't get so worked up. You get to be so smart. I got it from Dad. <laughs> now how about some chocolate milk? My bad day go-to. Good call. I don't want not to be so hard on yourself. Maybe throw in some broccoli every now and then. That's a good one. I got it from Dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Central Baptist Church. I'm so glad that you guys are here with us. Happy Mother's Day to everyone here in this room and everyone online. My name's Clayton. I'm the senior pastor here, and I was the, one of the game show hosts earlier. Uh, but spoiler alert, I am not a mom. Sorry to tell you that. But I have my mom right here with me. I have my my wife right beside her, and right beside her is my wife's mom. So I've got a, a captive audience uh, today to be able to talk about, about Mother's Day. And I'm excited to share with you um, about Mother's Day, about, about moms. Because even though I'm not a mom, I realize from the outside looking in that being a mom and just being a woman in general is sometimes difficult. And sometimes it's exhausting. We could have made this, this topic just kind of some flowery Happy Mother's Day with some flowers and feel-good stuff behind, but I think this is a better representation of what it's like to be a mom sometimes. And so we titled today's sermon, Just Overwhelmed and Just Over It. And I feel like that sometimes is what defines um, the attitude of moms because your role is difficult and it's tough and we get that. But today we want to celebrate you. 
So we'd go all the way back when I was in middle school. Man, that was, those were the good old days. I loved middle school. Some of you guys maybe hated middle school, but I, I loved middle school. And I was on the track team. And when I was uh, running track, my coach put me in the four by 100 for some weird reason, okay? And then put me in the 1600 meter run, which is awful. That's brutal. And I didn't like either one of those. And so I really wanted to do another run. What I wanted to do was run the hurdles. You know the hurdles, right? These, these things, they're just like these little demon-possessed pieces of metal, you know, on the track. And, and I wanted to run the, tr- run the hurdles. So I get out there to try out for the hurdles on the track. And look at me, guys. Do I look like a hurdler? <laughs> no, I mean, the hurdles were up to my chest. And, and I get, get in the starting block, and, and I take off. And I jump over the first one just, just fine. Man, I was, I was cruising. But there, one of my friends, when I get to the second hurdle, one of my friends was kind of passing me, and he jumps towards the second hurdle. I didn't say over, towards the second hurdle. And he just plows through it, right? And so there's metal going everywhere and, and legs and, and limbs going everywhere. And I jump over the second one and I'm, I'm already starting to lose my pace and I barely get over the third hurdle and I'm just trying to make it. And I get up to the fourth hurdle and I'm running and I jump to go over it and I just hit it right in the shin right there. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's the worst. And so I hit it, the, the hurdle goes falling over, I go falling over, sprawl out on the, on the track. I get up and start running towards the fifth hurdle. I'm running towards the fifth hurdle and then I just smarted up and I just walked around it, okay? So <laughs> that was my career doing the hurdles. Because there's something I think that we need to realize today is that for moms in this room, there is a significant hurdle in your life. And there's a, the significant hurdle is actually found in God's word. And it is, in, it is this woman that is described in Proverbs chapter 31, and it describes this perfect woman. And I wanted to read it here with you this morning. So Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. There are some some high bars that women are asked to, to jump over, and it seems unattainable. And here's what it says. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? Good question. She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her. And she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She even makes her own bedspreads, get that? She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders, which I always thought that was kind of funny. He's just chilling at the city gates. Anyways, <laughs> that's not the point. Okay. She makes <laughs> belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. 
Her husband stand, her, her, sorry, children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. For all you men in the room, sounds like a pretty good deal, doesn't it, right? You know what I'm talking about? For all you kids, man, it'd be nice to have a mom like that, you know what I'm saying? But for all the women in this room, you look at that and say, that's never going to happen, right? I am never going to live up to that standard. And you look at Proverbs 31, and it looks just like a long track of hurdle after hurdle after hurdle that you know that you're never going to get over. And when we realize that we are not going to measure up, when we realize we can't measure up, here's what happens. We carry the weight of worry. That's what happens. We carry this, this deep and burdensome weight on us when we realize that we can't measure up. And this morning, Jesus has a great word of encouragement for everyone in this room who feels overwhelmed, who has this worry upon them, and it creates this anxiety in your life. Jesus has this great message, and I want you guys to hear it. It's in Matthew chapter 6, starting verse 25. It'll be up on the screen behind me, but here's what it says. Jesus says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Here's what Jesus is saying. Don't worry. Why are you worrying? Is that gonna help anything? Is it gonna solve anything? And he gives these perfect examples of, of birds that are taken care of by God and lilies that are clothed in splendor by God. And those are little things compared to you. God loves you so much more than that. And he says, if, God, if that's how God sees you and that's how God loves you, then he's gonna care for you. He's going to provide for you. So don't worry. Here's, Jesus is simply saying worrying isn't helping. It's not helping anything. In fact, it's making it worse. So here's what God wants us to do today. For everyone in this room who is a warrior, is to do this. Take a deep breath. He's got you. He's saying, I care for you. I deeply care for you. I will provide for you. What I love about this passage, though, is that there are some things before this passage and after this passage that kind of bookend this this passage on do not worry. So it's like, you know, if you have a, you have a row of books, right? You have a row of books. If, if they don't have a bookends on the end and they're just sitting there, what's going to happen to them? They're going to fall over, right? So they're going to fall over to the right or the left. And what's great about this passage is if you go back just a little bit before and, and just a little bit after, you see this great, under, gives a great understanding of this passage when you look at what Jesus has to say before and after. And he book, bookends this little, this little passage with these the, this, this idea of you need to make wise choices. When it comes to not worrying, 
It's bookend by making wise choices. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. So we go back just one verse from this passage. Here's what he says. No one can serve two masters, for you'll hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other, and you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. What Jesus is saying is that we all have to make a choice. We all have to make a decision about what is most important in life. What is the most important goal in life? And what he's saying is you need to choose God over the cares of this world. And when you choose God over the cares of the world, then he's saying there's no need to worry. There's no need to worry when you make that wise choice at the beginning. But then at the end of this little passage, he says this in verse 33. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. What he's saying here is that you need to make the the decision about what's gonna motivate you in life. Is it gonna be chasing after the approval of people, or is it gonna be after seeking the things of God? In your life, as a mom, as a woman of God, what is gonna be the motivating factor of your life? And when you make those two wise choices, here's what he says, then don't worry about a thing, right? Don't worry about a thing because I care for you and I've got you. Let me tell you this, what Jesus is saying this morning to everyone in this room who is is worrying, everyone in this room online who is worrying, Jesus is saying this, putting God first is the cure for anxiety. That is the cure. You can go to hundreds of counseling sessions and that's helpful, but God is saying, don't worry. Put me first, and I will provide for you. You know, some of us, we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with the burdens and responsibilities of life, the fear of the unknown. Think about this, the fear of the unknown, what's going to happen to your kids? How are they going to turn out? Every day, as parents, we worry about that, don't we? And for a lot of us in this room, we have these relationships that are broken or we have um, the, the way that our kids turned out is not the way that we hoped they would turn out. And we have tears in our eyes just thinking about it, constantly worried about how they're going to turn out, what's going to happen in the future. Jesus is saying, don't worry. Have faith in God. A great example of this is in Matthew chapter 8. Jesus is, um, he gets in this boat. Disciples follow him and get in the boat. And Jesus decides to take this awesome like mid-afternoon nap, okay? And so he is just napping it like, like a madman and they are in this boat. And they're in this boat, they get, they're in the water and they get into this terrible storm. And this storm is so bad that water is coming over. And I don't know how Jesus slept through that, but he did, okay? So I'm asking that one day. But anyways, so um, the, the water is, is coming over and these disciples are terrified. They are worried. And they they shake Jesus awake, and Jesus does two things. First, he rebukes them. And then he rebukes the weather. He rebukes them for their lack of faith and says, why don't you have faith? What he's saying is, why are you worrying? And then he shows his great control over the situation. How many guys have ever been on a high dive? You look up at the high dive, right? You look up and you're going, man, that's, that's not too bad. Then you take that climb, you know, take that climb. And you get over there and you walk out on the plank. And, and, and then what happens? You look down and it looks about three or four stories higher than it was when you're on the ground. 
And all of a sudden, this anxiety and fear just kind of takes over. And you're going, you're thinking about what's going to happen if I jump, it's going to be terrible, and I'm going to hit and, and belly flop or whatever. And what do the people down below say? Just jump, it's going to be okay. And you're looking down, and they're like, shut up, you know what I'm talking about, you know what's going on, right? Because this is my situation, and you have no idea what's going on in my life. And for a lot of us, that's how it is. We look at everybody else giving us this advice, and you say, you have no idea what's going on in my life. You have no idea. And here's what God is telling us. I do. You're not alone on that high dive. Jesus right beside us on that high dive. And he's saying, don't worry. In fact, he's already jumping up and down. Saying, let's do some backflips. Let's go. Right? And he's saying, don't worry. I've got you. And I realize that anxiety, having those thoughts, those anxious thoughts and those worrying thoughts, especially for these big responsibility you have as a mom or as a parent, or a grandparent, that worry that you have, I realize that those things still come. You can't just say, hey, that's, I'm not gonna have that. You can't just push those aside. We still worry. But the choice we make about how we're gonna respond to that worry is what matters. And here's what the Bible says in Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what God is saying here. Here's what the Bible is saying. Pray to God and trust in God. Pray, that's our response. When we're worried, when we're anxious, especially about big important things in life, like our kids, pray to God and trust God in him. But I also see that that Proverbs 31 woman that we were talking about earlier is also metaphorically like, like a yoke around women's necks. That metaphorically you're kind of, you're kind of attached to this Proverbs 31 perfect woman in comparison. You know, you know a yoke, you know, you know what that is? A yoke, it's a big wooden carved out piece of farming equipment and usually two animals are yoked together and it's attached to a plow or a cart and they, are, have, they have to plow or move forward. And they do this in tandem. They do this together. They are stuck together. They can't go to the left without the other one or can't go to the right without the other one. They are, they were, they're literally hooked together. And the Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 6 that we should not be unequally yoked. We should not be unequally yoked as, as Christians with, with people in our lives. How many of you guys have ever run a three-legged race? You know a three-legged race, a, where you go and you have to tie your shoe with the, with the other person or you wrap a rope around your, the other person's leg and your leg, and then you're supposed to run a race. So, you know, you're at the family reunion that you have once a year, and everybody says, let's do the three-legged race. And so you get partnered with, get this, someone that's either two feet taller than you or two feet shorter than you, okay? Just imagine if you are, you're connected like that. And, all, and next to you is that cousin and the aunt that you just can't stand and you wanna beat them so bad, you know? You gotta run that race. And they say go, and you're trying to run with someone that you are completely incompatible with. And you're running and you're trying and, and you have different stride links and one's trying to go this way or that way and it's just going bad for you and you're slow and everybody's passing you. 
and you feel terrible and you're mad, that's what it means to be unequally yoked with someone. And the problem is, is that a lot of times we women, we we unequally yoke ourselves with that perfect woman. And the question is, are you unequally yoked with her? And you look at that perfect person, that perfect woman, and she's got it all together, doesn't she? Her kids are amazing, you know? Her kids have it all together. They never um, are disrespectful. They do chores without even asking. You know, those kind of, that perfect family. And she always posts those social media feeds, those, those things, and you look at that and go, man, she has it all together. Everything, her hair is always perfect. She's beautiful. She looks like a model and she eats whatever she wants, you know? Seems completely unfair. And even more than that, she has this perfect job and this great income, and she's able to not only provide for her family, but she's able to provide for other people. And she has a great personality. She's the life of the party. And everybody loves when she comes into a room. Those are the kind, that's the kind of lady you're like, ugh, you know? You just want to hate that kind of person. And you feel defeated. And here's the message for today. God understands. He understands what you're going through. He understands the anxiety you have. He understands the, the fears that you have and the hopes that you have. And he has this, this message for you. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28, he says, come to me. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Women in the room, you have this yoke of motherhood on you. And Jesus is saying, you need to take that yoke, being unequally yoked with this perfect hypothetical woman, take that off of you and put my yoke on. He's saying, my yoke is just what you need. If you remember about anything about a yoke, there's, there's two participants with a yoke. And Jesus is saying, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna help you. I'm going to provide for you. He even says, I'm going to teach you. I'm gonna show you how to live. I'm gonna show you how to be that perfect mom and that, that perfect spouse that perfect woman of God. And then he says, you know what, even more than that, because that sounds like a lot. He says, that's, it's easy and light. Yes, I want that kind of yoke, you know? I want that kind of yoke in my life. And Jesus says, I've got that yoke for you. It is easy and, easy and light, and I am pulling with you. Here's what I believe Jesus is saying today to mothers, that the yoke of motherhood is light when Jesus is by your side. When Jesus is right next to you and you're walking with him, motherhood can be a joy, can be amazing. It's a great opportunity to walk alongside of God and be used by him. But I realize in this room, it's difficult to, to say you're gonna trust Jesus when you don't even know him. It's hard to trust someone you don't know. And I wonder if there's anybody in this room today or maybe online that would say, I, I can't even imagine yoking up next to Jesus like, like we're talking about because I don't even know him. I don't trust him. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity here in a little bit. I'd love to meet with you after the service and talk with you about what it looks like to have 
a, a relationship with Christ. Because I'm telling you what, you're not supposed to do this alone. Mothers in this room, fathers in this room, teenagers in this room, you're not supposed to carry these burdens alone. Jesus says, I've got you. I care for you, and I will help you. So mothers this morning, we get it. It's your day. We get it. It's tough. Life is difficult. But here's the deal. Here's my encouragement to you. When you carry these burdens all by yourself, that's tough. You necessarily put on, on you things that God never wanted you to have on you. He says, take that yoke off, and I will help you. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety, all your worries, all your fears about the future, all, all your, your cares about how your kids are going to end up, all your cares about how other people are viewing you and what kind of person you are becoming. Cast them all aside. Cast them on him. He'll take care of them because he cares for you. He cares for you. He wants to help you with your responsibilities. He wants to help you with the burdens you may have as a mother, as a wife, as a parent, as a woman of God. He wants to help you with those. Today, we need to trust him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today's word that you have given us, especially to moms especially to the women in this room and those watching online. God, we, we get it. It is tough being a mom. That deep burning desire for your kids to turn out well is overwhelming. And it's easy when we realize we can't measure up and we can't live up to these standards. It's easy to have this incredible weight put upon us of worrying and God you speak to us about that and you tell us you care about us more than anything and look how perfect your track record is you have never made a mistake you've never not shown up you are always there for us and you provide for the little things in life and we are so much more important than, than them so why do we worry why do we worry? God, help us to lay those things aside and say, I trust you. I'm gonna take that, that false yoke off of me and I'm gonna put your yoke on Jesus because you call me to do that and you say it's easy and light and you're gonna pull for me and you're gonna be beside me. You're gonna help me and you're gonna teach me. And you're gentle and patient and kind. I want to choose that. So I pray for all the mothers in this room, all the women in this room. Lord, help them to see the bigger picture. Help them to choose you. And God, I pray that you'd be faithful to them and you would guide them. That as you take anxiety out of their life, as you take worry out of their life, that they may run hard and fast towards you and you would use them in a powerful way to disciple their kids to influence their neighborhoods, to change their work environment. God, for your glory, your glory alone, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.